G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, culture and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 with Neil Johnson on Vision. There's no doubt about it. Our kids will want the latest gadgets, the newest fashion trends and all the things they see their friends enjoying. And apart from the fact that all these things cost money, our children are, of course, the targets of clever and manipulative marketing campaigns and credit card companies who know that they are the next generation of big spenders. Well, our special guest today thinks parents teaching kids about money is not an optional extra, but we are the stewards of our children's education about money. Helping your kids master money may not be as difficult as you think. We're looking forward to some great practical wisdom too coming over the coming hour. Justin Pagotto leads a ministry called 1010, based on John 1010, that says, The thief comes only to steal, to kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Justin Pagotto, a special welcome back to 2020. Thanks, Neil. Always a, a privilege to be on. Hey, Justin, sometimes when we talk about money, there's a thought that we're dealing with theory only, but the practical issues around that, and they're not always that difficult, but we've got to be able to be parents who uh, work in practice as we teach our kids about money. Any thoughts here? It's not just the theory? Absolutely, and I think I think we can talk about it in in our next show. But you know, people do uh, New Year's resolutions, and most of them actually don't come true, do they? They're all they're forgotten by the second week of January. And this year, I've been thinking a lot about transformation, and the only way to get transformation or any change in our lives, especially for us as kingdom parents uh, raising kingdom kids is to actually bridge the gap between theory and practice and to have daily things that we do which actually uh, bring a habit, bring a reflex, bring a a practice and they just become a normal lifestyle or way of life. So I think talk, there's not much uh, happens from talk. We must train our kids to put it into practice and give them practical steps. So daily things. So these would be daily habits, and these daily habits are not just ones that we enforce on the kids. These are the daily habits we do as parents that model for our kids about money. Absolutely. So I'll, I'll share with with the listeners something that I've been doing, and one of my mentors uh, has something called the Twenty One Day Hard Things Challenge, and. I've actually completed the first 21 days and then you go on to the second uh, 21 days. And in what it's all about is creating rhythms in our lives. And this is not just about money, by the way. This is uh, in our prayer life, in reading the Bible, in moving, stretching, uh, becoming fit and healthy, drinking uh, three litres of water, eating well, uh, intentionally loving someone. Uh, and one of them, on this 12th list is to make a genius financial move every day. Now, a genius financial move 
you know, that might be good marketing in itself to say we can make a genius marketing move every day. But, you know, to simplify it, uh, you know, we all have four things, saving, investing, uh, spending our money and also giving. So what if we could actually train ourselves first in each of those four areas to just take some steps forward in either of those four areas, saving, investing, spending or giving, uh, which is going to bring us closer to stewarding our wealth in the way that God would like us to do and, and closer to helping our children just do that as a normal part of life. What if we could do that? It's got to start somewhere. Wow. I like your terminology. Uh, talking about those four areas, saving, investing, spending and giving and characterising those because as parents we need to appreciate just the value of what we are passing on to our kids, a genius financial move. And so you elevate the importance, when you call it a genius financial move, you're elevating the importance of what it is to train our kids about money. Absolutely. And I love rhythms. I like doing things every day. And so there's 12 things that I do every day and that's one of them is to do something around money. So it could be something around education, which is what we're going to be talking more about today uh, as part of our topic. Uh, it could be something about uh, just taking a step. So on the weekend, I opened up uh, a different type of crypto account to uh, you know, learn more about investing into a different type of crypto than I'd before, and it was hard, and it challenged me to actually get the account open but then I, I made my first purchases on the weekend. So doing hard things, uh, and what I mean by hard things is things which stretch us and force us to move forward and learn something and put it into practice and by applying it, that's really the key to all types of transformation. As I said, we could go with a whole, the whole hour on that, but I think we'll wait till till next month to do that because I'd like to spend a whole a whole time talking about the science of transformation. Well, and of course, things are changing so dynamically right now, as you say. And by the way, whenever we talk about crypto, there's often uh, quite a significant interest from listeners. And shortly, we'll open our talkback lines and uh, we won't uh, let our conversation be all about uh, crypto and the way things are changing. But the fact that things are changing so dynamically with money right now means that as parents, we've got to be on top of this because in some sense, when there are new fads or uh, new styles of investing, and we're talking about crypto in that sense, uh, our kids could be on top of these things even before we are. Any thoughts here? Oh, absolutely. So, you know, I think the the adults are late to the party on crypto, myself included, and for many years, I, I actually didn't understand it. So I'm a licensed financial advisor, and I'm not allowed to give advice on crypto, by the way. Uh, so I'll just make that really clear to uh, the listeners. But um, I started to see, you know, the world is changing, and I needed to um, learn a bit more. So I've got friends who are very knowledgeable in crypto, and I said, I don't understand this. Um, please help me to move forward. And so I've just taken a few steps. 
Now, I said in our introduction that we'll talk about things that mean it's not as difficult as you might think, being the chief steward of educating your kids about money. But uh, some might say, well, here's a licensed financial advisor and, uh, you know, getting his head around some of these things too, that might mean it's actually quite complicated. I imagine here, when we're talking about a science of money, it can be as complicated as you make it. I imagine you've got to adjust to where your kids might be at because some kids are more money savvy than others. How do you make that sort of discernment about your own children, Justin, and where they might be at and meeting them at that point where they can be then taken to a new level? Well, I think you've got to understand that there's a base level that you want to teach all your kids about things, okay? So there's a base level that you need to teach. So Jesus talked a lot about money. And in fact, I think there's over 2,500 verses around money. So he obviously thought it was important and he obviously thinks it's a valuable part of our discipleship. And so you mentioned in the in the intro, you know, if we don't train our children about money, society will, won't they, through social media and being targeted by companies. So I think the first thing is to give all our kids a baseline training around money and then to see which ones are more suited to entrepreneurship, uh, which ones are more suited to maybe uh going and working for someone and transforming the culture, uh, but learning about money from the inside of a company, and then which ones um, you know, may never do that, um, but still need to have a good, solid base. Let's talk about the scripture for a few moments, because for a lot of parents, a lot of people, they think that somehow or other, when we're talking about issues of faith, it's a theory and it's good stuff that you hear at church, and you might be impressed by that. And sometimes there's a difficulty connecting what you believe with what happens in real life. But money is an opportunity, isn't it? Money is one of those God-sent opportunities to be able to teach children what Jesus said actually makes sense and actually will be a benefit to you. Any thoughts here on connecting the Scripture with our day-to-day life? Well, as part of that first 21-day hard things challenge that I did at the start of January before moving on to the second 21 days, what we had to do was to read a proverb every day and to journal what stood out. And in those proverbs, there's, you know, Solomon was the wisest man who ever lived. We know that God said to him, you know, you can have whatever you like, and he asked for wisdom instead of, you know, riches. And so as a result, God made him the richest person who's, who's ever lived. But here's some things which, just for our listeners to think through, uh, that I read in the first 21 days. So uh, Proverbs 13:22: a good person leaves an inheritance for their children's children, but a sinner's wealth is stored up for the righteous. So that passage says to me that God wants us to think multi-generational and to think about how we're actually going to uh, provide for not only our children, but our children's children, and store up wealth for them uh, in their lifetime so they can start from a higher base. Now, this this money, though, is not to be used to accumulate endless supplies of consumer goods and bigger and bigger houses, not for our sake. It's really for the sake of expanding God's kingdom. So I think I want to make that really clear that when we talk about money, it must always be attached with being under Jesus' lordship and also being about extending the kingdom of God. 
have a look at another one. Uh, we must teach our kids to work hard and create wealth. So Proverbs 10, 4 says, lazy hands make for poverty, but diligent hands bring wealth. It's an interesting one, isn't it? It is. Okay. So we must, we must train our kids to actually be diligent in learning about money so they can actually know how money exists and what to do with it. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Our talkback line is open on 1-800-316-316. We're talking money today with Justin Pagotta, who leads a ministry called 1010, based on John 1010. Talkback line open, 1-800-316-316. Justin, before we move on, uh, just come back to what you were sharing about that proverbial wisdom from Solomon about uh, leaving an inheritance for your children and your children's children. You said there's something generational about that. Uh, For some people who feel like, you know, my family's always been poor. The sorts of financial wisdom I've got from my parents has left me destitute and seemingly without help. Uh, so how do you, if you are that sort of person, thinking, I'd love to be able to aspire to that bi- biblical wisdom, but somehow or rather it just hasn't come my way. Any thoughts here about breaking the sort of generational, cyclical poverty that some people have? Oh, well, there's probably two things that I would, I would say. The first one is to deal with the hard issues around that. And, you know, when there are generational uh, things that have happened, often there's lies that we believe and they need to be, be dealt with. So the first step is to go and get help in that area. And, and we actually do that with families, not just around money, but around all types of things, uh, divorces, pain of divorce, pain of trauma, <laughs> and so forth. So the first thing is to just deal with the heart issues because, as Jesus said, you know, where our heart is, uh, there's our treasure. The second thing is to actually literally make practical small steps. And we mentioned before, like most most people don't get much information because they don't do small steps and hard things which challenge them. So I would say to people, you can start by looking at, okay, what is a way I can do to either save, invest, spend or give money more wisely every day? What is something I can learn about? You know, what's something small and you know, on our website, 1010life.com.au, um, we have a top 10 uh, things that parents uh, must teach their kids and teens about debt. We have free free guides there that will help parents in that area. But my my encouragement is just, just take a step, just learn something, go on this journey of saying, well, I don't want to stay the way I am. I'm going to take some steps. You'll be amazed that, you know, I think that's faith, isn't it? When we give God something to work with in our lives, um, he will actually take a step of faith and he will give us what we need to take the next step. Where do you do all of this, Justin? Uh, some will be thinking, well, I'm hardly even having the opportunity to talk to my kids. Uh, even when we're eating a meal, we're sitting in front of the television and someone has a remote control or our kids are on their mobile devices 24-7, it seems, and I'm not even having the opportunity to be able to break into their lives in such a way that they might hear the wisdom that I'll be trying to pass on to them. 
Uh, any thoughts here about where parents might do these sorts of conversations, where you might set a challenge, where you might talk about those hard things that you uh, invest in or give? Any thoughts here? Uh, well, what, one of the areas I always take parents back, and in fact it's, it's module one of our 1010 family um, uh, training, is, you know, Jesus said, uh, no, the problem actually, where, where there is no vision, people perish. So the first step is really having a vision, and I call it a real prosperity vision. Um, and prosperity in the Bible means peace, wholeness, and well-being in every area of life, not just money. So it's in our health, it's in our um, giving back, it's in what is God calling us to do. So I think it's got to start with having a still clear vision. What don't you want in your life? So what are the things you've got to let go of in your life uh, in order to move forward, and then what are the positive things that you want God to bring into your life? Because if this is the bottom line, if we are not committed to things as parents, if we don't take ownership of the culture we want to create in our family, then it will just keep meandering forward and life will just take us by. But God says, be crystal clear in your vision. So own the culture, because if you don't own the culture as a parent, uh, somebody else is owning that culture for you. And I mentioned uh, clever advertising campaigns and marketing people and credit card companies that recognise that this upcoming generation is the next generation of big spenders. So if you don't teach your children about money, there are others who are wanting to fill that void, and they'll teach Absolutely. children about money. Absolutely. Now, Absolutely. some people might be thinking, uh, is what uh, the influences on our children, in fact, evil? Because if you said there are good influences, the good influence you want to bring as a parent, perhaps biblical wisdom about money, is it a relevant thing to characterize the other influences as evil in your life and in your family? Uh, well, I think people's hearts determine whether it's evil or not. So what, what's in people's hearts determine whether it's, it's evil or not. But what I would encourage um, parents to do is to find people, and this is what I, I do in my life, I find someone who knows something more about uh, any area than me, and I go and I say, I'm your apprentice, uh, teach me what you know. So, for example, this 21 Days Hard Challenge, uh, I found it. A Kiwi guy who's pretty amazing kingdom guy, also a kingdom entrepreneur, but also very much into the science of transformation. And I say, okay, I'm just going to give myself to learning and being uncomfortable in the learning process. So find uh, people in your life who you respect, parents, find business owners or find someone who has... Um, done well financially, who you respect, and you can see the fruits of the kingdom of God as well and start to engage with these people and get them to meet your kids and talk about money. Just start bringing it up. Start doing something which then brings uh, the conversation from just theory into the reality. Uh, the second thing I would suggest is, you know, there's lots of good resources, some that, that we provide and some that other people provide. Just start your kids on a journey of learning about money. And so uh, there's a free guide, as I mentioned before, on our website, top 10 things that parents can teach their kids and teens about debt. Just start somewhere. 
Now, the 21 days hard challenge, is this something that people can access when they visit your website? Uh, Is it something you can do if you just get a few details in place and you start to do this as a plan for your own family? Uh, Tell us how this 21 days challenge works. Uh, So the 21 days hard things challenge uh, is is through uh, my Kiwi friend, actually. So uh, I don't have a link up specifically to that, but what I will do is um, is pop it in on our... When people sign up on 1010life.com.au, I'll actually... And you put in your details, it'll then come in, uh, bring you through to a page that's got all our freebies on it, which, for example, is how to build a lifelong bond with your kids, the top 10 things about money and debt, um, family movies, free family movies, but I'll also add another one in there uh, down in the seven things we help about money. Um, I'll add something in there about the 21 Days Hard Things Challenge as well. Okay. I can give you a link if you want to put it up on the on your website, whatever you see best. Yep. Well, uh, 1010, that's the numbers, 1010life.com.au, and we'll talk about some more of those free things that you can access that can help turn around your whole family on these really important issues of training up our kids when it comes to money issues. Just coming back to something important that some people might be concerned about because uh, when you said you need to have a vision and it has to be a prosperity vision and that's more than just money, there's a whole lot of dimensions of our lives uh, that we ought to be understanding prosperity. For some people, as soon as they hear the word prosperity, it's like, oh, prosperity gospel. That must be something that takes people away from Christ. Uh, any thoughts here on how this adjusts in our own hearts and our minds and our thinking about money because uh, prosperity is, in fact, a biblical foundation, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And I totally understand why uh, people have had concerns about that. I, I do myself. So I, as I mentioned before, I don't believe uh, that uh, we are called to accumulate money for the sole sake of uh, just buying things, living a consumer-orientated life. The prosperity that the Bible talks about, and this is the aha moment I had, you know, when I looked up what does the word prosperity mean in the Bible, uh, in the Hebrew, it actually is the word S-A-L-E-M, which Salem, which means peace, wholeness, and well-being in every area of life. So I think, you know, we need truth and revelation to actually uh, show us what really biblical prosperity is. So peace, wholeness and well-being in every area of life, if you have healthy relationships, if you have a family that loves one another deeply, if you are um, moving in the kingdom call on your life, if you are cultivating intimacy with the Father, Son and Holy Spirit, if you are uh, eating well, if you are teaching your kids about exercise and to live a a healthy, active life. If you are giving back and and looking to extend the kingdom in in, uh, in your community, you know, to me, that's the definition of prosperity, and we need to reorient ourselves to that rather than the focus that it's it's all about money, things, and, and possessions. Justin, we've been talking uh, through a, a number of issues. Let's come back to one of those you mentioned where hard work is involved. And uh, you're saying to parents, don't be afraid of hard work. And uh, the money issues around that are also important. What are your thoughts on hard work? Yeah, well, let's, let's go through this particular proverb. 
all hard work brings a profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. So I just want to encourage all the parents, you know, don't be afraid of things which are outside your comfort zone because that's actually where all transformation comes from, not just around money, but all transformation, you know, in the Christian life and in the kingdom comes from uh, investing in things that really matter and actually taking steps. And some of those will make us feel pretty uncomfortable. So let's just not be mere talkers. What was that scripture that says, you know, don't just be hearers of the word, actually be doers of the word. And to be honest with you, you know, people who grow in anything are those people who have done things which other people haven't been prepared to do. Uh, and certainly it's in the area for people who are wealthy. Um, so what I want to do is to talk firstly around, say, uh, Warren Buffett. So, you know, what does he actually do? What's the secret of Warren Buffett's success? And do you know what that is, Neil? Have you, what, what do you think it is? <laughs> uh, well, I suspect it's going to be around the idea of hard work. And uh, But for listeners, Warren Buffett, uh, perhaps renowned as the world's best-known investor. And yes, he overflows with a lot of practical wisdom that and in some sense doesn't seem to be out of step with a lot of the things we might talk about as Christians and looking for foundations for our financial health. So what is it, uh, the, the wisdom that you'd glean from Warren Buffett? So one, one habit that all wealthy people or all successful people have is that they are time and they understand that time is more important than money. You know, you can lose, you lose money and make it back, but you can't lose an hour a day or a month. You can't get that back. And so Jesus wants us to be people who live our life uh, for the fullness of his kingdom. And one way we do that is to really invest in the things that really matter. So what Warren Buffett does is spend his time wisely in education. Okay, so it starts with education. And, you know, for Warren Buffet, so he's an, an elderly gentleman now, the first hour of his day, he just spends reading. And his goal is to find out or to be smarter uh, when he goes to sleep than when he started the day. So I want to encourage everyone, put a definite chunk in your your schedule every day to find out something new in whatever area you want to be be better at. But in terms of, since we're talking about money, put a time in your calendar every day to learn something about money. Okay. And investing in things that really matter because, you know, you can have an investment strategy and you might be at the end of the day a little bit wiser than you were the day before. But if you're off on a completely a different trajectory than where you are as a Christian and you're wanting to align yourself with the purposes of God, then somehow you can easily miss it. So those things that really matter here, how do you characterize those? Well, we talked about it having the framework uh, and having a real concept around prosperity. Okay, that's the first one. So you must keep yourself grounded to that real uh real definition of, of real prosperity, which is peace, wholeness, and well-being in every area of life, uh, lived under Jesus' lordship for the sake of extending his kingdom. So I think if you have that really nailed in your life, that's going to do a lot to uh, keeping you on the right path. The second one is to uh, stay in the in the word of God because the word of God, you know, reading those proverbs um, gives you the wisdom and actually 
you're always bringing God into your life. So I'd encourage people as they're learning about money as well to always be uh, in the Word of God and, and checking your heart motivations as well. So things like Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says, keeping the kingdom central. You know, f- seek mm. first the kingdom of God yeah. and his righteousness. And uh, there's context there, isn't there, for money issues. And sometimes as parents, we haven't got that right. So we haven't got a hope of uh, sharing that with our children. So you've got to adjust your own priorities before your children will even recognize that that's something of value. Absolutely, and absolutely, and that's why we're coming back to the to what we said at the start, having a vision. You know, Proverbs twenty nine, eighteen. So um, we must have a vision, otherwise we will perish. Okay, so having that prosperity vision, real prosperity, clearly defined, and then once you have that, having action steps that you want to take in order to move forward in each of those areas of life, and that's some of the things we help families do. Because the reality is only about 4% of people in the world will actually uh, implement things or change um, by themselves. You know, most of us, myself included, if I want to get better at something, I actually uh, find someone, as I mentioned before, who's better at it than me and ask them to mentor me. And that's where you get the greatest uh, accountability and the greatest acceleration in getting results. Justin, for some who have good, well-paying jobs or there are some clever business people, no doubt, listening to us now saying, hey, you you know, I've got things right here. There's uh, plenty of money. I've got uh, more than enough. I'm overflowing with some finances, in fact. Now, that's not everyone and that's not to uh, belittle those who are going through a tough time right now. But but if you're talking about this vision for the future, some will be thinking, oh, we're talking about money. That means I accumulate more uh, riches for riches' sake. It's this vision, I think, that comes into the equation and becomes very important because uh, riches or prosperity for riches and prosperity's sake isn't necessarily where you might think that the biblical foundation is because there is purpose in the way we use our money. So uh, any thoughts here on uh, just this thing that sometimes is difficult to get right, uh, accumulating money, but for what? Yeah, well, Jesus said, didn't he, that um, uh, too much has been given, much will be required. So the more grace, the more evidence of fruitfulness in a particular area that we have, I would encourage people uh, who may have a lot of wealth is to say, well, who are you mentoring? What are you actually doing to use your wealth to promote the kingdom? Um as I said, if if just consuming uh, Christianity without actually saying, God, how how can I actually release your kingdom on the earth through my life, through mentoring people? And I actually think uh, from God's point of view, people are the greatest assets. So when God looks over the world, you know, he owns everything. But what really captures his heart is people. So I would always uh, come back to how are we using our wealth to either bless people, encourage people, mentor people, and ultimately to see them uh, reconciled to God and to become a a fully uh, equipped uh, disciple of the Lord Jesus. Justin, uh, let's talk about hard work. Uh, We started talking about some of these values that are very, very important. 
there is a certain sense you could, if you believe the sorts of things that you might see portrayed in the media, uh, a lot of Aussies who are afraid of hard work, even uh, very happy to receive a welfare payment uh, instead of hard work and comfortable that, you know, because I don't have to work hard, at least uh, I still have a three square meals and a roof over my head and uh, without all this hard work that you're talking about. Of course, hard work has an opposite and that is, of course, I guess, laziness. There's there's some different dimensions here. I wonder how we talk about those sorts of things as Christians and make sense of those. Well, when I'm talking about hard work, I'm, I'm primarily saying physical work, even though you know that can, that can be a part of it. What I mean by hard work is to recognise that we need help, that we need to grow in any area of our Christian life and to actually be humble enough to actually say, yes, I'm going to give God something to work with and take a step. So Warren Buffett, for example, he says he was asked, you know, what was his advice to become financially smart? And he said, I just sit in my office and I learn. Okay, so... It can be summed up in one word, a dedication to learning, making a commitment to lifelong learning, to learn something every day, to actually do it and to take the path. And the reality is nobody can make that choice for us in the Christian life. Nobody can make our life, make us do anything. But, you know, all of us will stand before uh, God one day and he'll say, you know, how did you steward the life that I gave you? And... The reality is if we don't actually take steps, we'll get to that, the end of our life and go, I wish I'd done this or I wish I'd done that. So I would say to people, take the steps today. And, you know, I can say in my own life, um, I used to find learning new things quite challenging and I would get uh, quite intimidated by it. But now, once you've gone through the process and you understand that the science of transformation starts with doing things every day that make you a little bit uncomfortable. You actually enjoy the learning process when you start to see all the fruit. So I would again say to people, just start, because the majority of people just say, that's too hard, I can't do it, and would just rather check their Facebook feed or uh, watch TV rather than continually educating themselves and being a good steward of the life God's given them. So the hard work is learning something new and uh, the thought that we're allowing our understanding of finances to be changed, uh, to be better equipped. And as we talk parent and child, uh, the way we do that and pass those things on to our child is going to shape not only our future, but it's going to shape their future. Because if you make a decision to do something here and uh, you make some level of commitment to teach your children about money, a biblical kingdom foundation, it is going to change your child's future because uh, your child's future might be dependent on the action you take as a parent, Justin. Absolutely. We all create the culture and we are also the, the product of the of the culture our parents created. And in our 1010 family work, um, one of the sad things is hearing the stories of uh, that multi-generational effect that we talked about earlier, but for the negative, like hearing about, you know, broken homes, about lack of communication, lack of lack of love, lack and lack of education around uh, money and wealth and seeing that 
uh, you can have multi-generations of kids who don't think they, they are in a certain uh, mindset, let's just say a poverty mindset, and the reality is that um, someone's got to say, I'm going to break that cycle. Someone's got to say, no, I'm going to stand up for my family and do the hard work and do what it takes to actually uh, break, the, break the negative cycle. You deal with a lot of people, Justin, and those that capture what you're saying, the penny drops, and uh, people realise that what they've been doing is not aligned with a perhaps a biblical a Jesus foundation for money. Uh, I wonder whether you've got any ways that things happen and things change in the life of someone when they recognise that they can actually take control of their finances by submitting those things to God. Any thoughts here? Um, well, I'll tell a story about one of our, our 1010 family clients. I won't say where they live or even her name, but, you know, this lady grew up, uh, you know, in a housing committee, uh, housing commi- commission block. You know, her uh, mother, you know, had was a drug addict and sold herself to pay for that, that um, uh, habit. You know, her dad was, wasn't really around and, was abusive and there's all this horrible stuff, suicides in their family. So we're doing about a very uh, broken childhood. But, you know, this person on who lives in a housing commission uh, block said to me, Justin, I want a change in my life. And so she went through our 1010 family course, put in the work and actually uh, implemented all the stuff bit by bit and over time, massive transformation in her family. Now, she's still on the journey, but what I want to say to people is you've just got to start and be committed to being the best steward of your life you can be. If you never start, nothing will happen. So I'm so proud of people who actually say, I'm just going to do it, and I'm going to face face the pain, face my past. And that's another lie that um, sometimes the enemy throws us. You know, our past determines our future. We can't do things because of our past. And that's another lie we've got to break through that, no, Jesus determines our future and we need to walk with him through the difficult times in our life. It's good to be able to talk about stories of people who decide to change directions. Uh, They're tired of what they've had to put up with. They recognise that they didn't get the sort of advice and insight from their own parents and now they're trying to go on a different direction. You can't force people uh, to change. Uh, How do you help people to take steps towards change, Justin? Uh, Well, I think we'll we'll chat about the big picture role of transformation next month, but really... If you can see change happen once, even in a small area, then you'll be more likely to do it again. So one of the big ahas for me, uh, and it's really helped me, is that I used to be quite scared of change, but once I've seen the fruit in my life of just take the next step, learn what I need to do, see the fruit in it, do the next one, and then find people who can help me submit yourselves to people who you can see the grace of God in their life and rather than coming and being the expert, you say, I'm your apprentice and I'm here to learn and I'll do what, whatever you say. I think that's where we're meant to actually 
have these trusted mentoring relationships in the body of Christ and it's designed to accelerate us. But if we don't deal with all the negative lies we believe and we don't deal with our heart issues, um, we won't actually be committed to the change. We were talking about some of the practical things you do and you said let's do something daily. Uh, You were talking about genius financial moves and around four areas, saving, investing, spending and giving. And we start to do these things and our children are watching us as we're going through the motions with all of that. You mentioned that there are something like 12 practical things that you focus on here. Uh, Out of those 12, I wonder the priority ones that we might uh, take away with us from a conversation like this today. So you're talking about in relation to money or the the top 12 things in general? Uh, Well, uh, from the point of view of parents and what we would do uh, in passing on these things to our children, uh, those sorts of practical things. Right. So, so for me, so I wake up and I start praying first. First thing, the second one is that I read uh, a part of the Bible and I journal it. What stood out to me. The next thing I do is I list uh, ten things that I'm grateful for. Okay, and it starts off at three, three things, but it ramps up to ten. Then I have a list of daily prayers or declarations of what I want God to do, and they might be things about. Uh, ministry, my family, uh, and what I want him to break into my life. Uh, Then I stretch when I get out of bed and make sure that my body's supple. Uh, I go and eat something awesome, drink some water, intentionally love people, and then uh, start to think about what can I do in the area today around saving, investing, spending, uh, or giving. What can I learn? And I sort of have a target, this is something I want to learn about, and I break it down into small, small gaps. Wonderful stuff. And oh, and the last one is I, I'm also accountable when I put a, a photo in, uh, in a particular Facebook group, which says, this is what I've done. And I want to encourage people, we're not after perfection, right? It's very easy when you do these things to think about, well, I've failed because I haven't done this or that today. Just get that away from your mindset. Just focus on celebrating progress in this area, not perfection. So there's incremental change and one day you'll wake up and you'll say, I have a new rhythm, I have a new routine and things are changing and financial things are on the improve. Uh, Wonderful stuff today, Justin. Really good practical insights about how you turn around your financial position but just so powerfully how you might train your own children to be educated when it comes to finances and simple things practical things let's come back to some free gifts that people can get when they go to your website 1010life.com.au we mentioned the how to build a lifelong bond with your kids and turn them into better humans Uh, there's the top 10 things parents need to teach their kids and teens about debt now you mentioned there's a free family movie on there and also you mentioned that uh, you'll put up a link on your Facebook page which is 1010 Family Life on Facebook, a link to 21 Days 
of hard thing, the Hard Things Challenge. So there's something for someone listening to our conversation today as a takeaway and to, to take some steps forward here. My encouragement is to just visit the 1010life.com.au website and connect with Justin Pagotto because, as you can hear, he's a shoot-from-the-hip type of guy, but wonderful wisdom and wonderful family insights into how you can turn around your financial situation in your own family. So people linking with you and I guess following you on Facebook will keep up with all sorts of initiatives you might have, Justin. Correct. I'm always sharing a bit of my life, um, what's going on in my family uh, when you sign up for, and it's 1010life.com.au, so 1010life.com.au, just to clarify that. And when you sign up for that, you'll also get a lot of uh, family free tips and strategies and I share my weaknesses and things I've done wrong uh, and just take those tips and strategies and implement them yourself as well. Um, the other area which I'll just give a quick shout out is if you want to make a genius uh, financial move, one of the things we do is help people, uh, particularly single mums, save money on their uh, mobile internet and energy bills. Uh, and also health insurance. So there's some practical areas if you want to make a genius financial move. When you sign up, you'll get taken to a, a particular page where you've got all the free free stuff on there, and there's a spot where you can uh, click on the link and say, yes, I want to get a, a free quote in that area as well. So we just really love to serve families and to say, you know, how can we help them? Wonderful stuff, and as you said, uh, we'll plan a date in about a month's time and we'll get another session with Justin Pagotto. Justin leads that ministry 1010, based on John 1010, so it's 1010LIFE, so 1010life.com.au. Justin, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts and your wisdom with us today on 2020. My pleasure, and it would give me great pleasure just to hear people taking a step. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.